we're going to be in Job 23 and 24, and so you can find that. But we're going to read out of Hebrews chapter 12 uh, first off tonight. So uh, if you want to find Hebrews, I mean Job 23, and then uh, once you find that, if you'll turn to Hebrews chapter 12, we're going to read a couple of verses there to kind of springboard into what the Bible has for us in the book of Job tonight. Job 23, and then if you'll find Hebrews 12, we're going to begin our reading over there, or we're going to have our reading over there, and then we'll try to get right on into it. Hebrews uh, Hebrews chapter number 12, and look down at verse number 14. Hebrews chapter number 12, and verse number 14. The Bible says, Follow peace with all men, and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Um, we're going to go over to Job 23, and you can lose your place there in Hebrews chapter 12. I've titled a message tonight, um, The Best of People Can Become Bitter. The Best of People Can Become Bitter. Let's pray. We'll get on with it. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, just one more time we ask uh, for power, Lord, clarity of mind and speech. Uh, I just pray that you would uh, guide and direct, Father, that uh, as I open my mouth that you would just fill it, Lord, um, that you'd speak to our hearts and you'd help us tonight, Uh, Lord, whatever needs to happen in our hearts, our lives, Lord, if it might just be a warning for the future, whatever needs to take place with each of us, I I pray, dear God, that your will would be done. I I need the Holy Spirit boldness, Lord, that I can only get from you. And I I pray for that even now, um, that I might preach this message just the way you want it done. We thank you for your goodness and mercy and grace. And ask all of these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing. For the reading of the Word of God. And please be seated. There in Hebrews chapter number 12, we're given a word of uh, caution about bitterness. Um, Bitterness can be a real problem, without a doubt. You know why? I mean, there's several reasons, but uh, to start off with this. Conflict is unavoidable in this life. It's unavoidable. I wish I could say otherwise, but truly, as you go through life somewhere along the way, and probably many times along the way, there's going to be conflict. It, It is going to happen. It's something that every one of us are going to face. And it can be very dangerous. Conflict can be dangerous. Because if it's not handled correctly, the temptation, there will be the temptation to become bitter if a conflict isn't handled right. Um, It can uh, can cause problems. And I'm sure that you noticed at the beginning of the passage that we read there in Hebrews tonight, the very beginning, it says, follow peace. Follow peace. It goes on to talk about the root of bitterness. But it starts out with follow peace. So conflict happens, then don't be violent. Don't become belligerent. Uh, Don't be moved to have a contentious spirit. No, no, no. Allow your words and your actions to be controlled by the spirit of peace. And we know this. We know that God's grace is needed if we're going to have the spirit of peace when 
our flesh wants to lash out. I mean, when we just want to go ahead and give somebody a piece of our mind because of what is happening around the way. Because we want to fight and fight our way out of things because we have this conflict, whatever it might be. And if we're not on guard, we will tend, if we're not on guard, and I'm talking about believers tonight, united or believers, if we're not on guard, we'll tend to overlook the need for grace. When something like that happens, and then we'll try to handle, we'll try to handle situation on our own. Because truly, it can be easily overlooked that the only thing between our own desires to lash out at people and the spirit of peace is the amazing grace of God. That's the only, that's the only thing that stands between those two things. And, and, and that is one thing that will never fail you. What, preacher? God's grace. God's grace will never fail us. It never, no, no, it will never, never fail us. However, we can fail to benefit from it if we're not careful, especially in the heat of conflict when our flesh tends to want to take over and do whatever it wants to do. Um, if we're not watchful, we will, we will uh, fail to depend upon God's grace. But when we do, when we, when, we, when, we failed, when we fail to depend upon God's grace, we leave ourselves open for the seeds of bitterness. Well, it's dangerous. It's a dangerous, dangerous thing. Because see, those seeds can spring up very quickly if we don't do something about it, if it's not tended to. And, and, and it, that, which, that which would seem like a small root of bitterness can uh, bring a lot of travail in your life. It can cause a lot of problems in your life. I mean, it can be very hurtful. And we can see uh, that it happened in Job's life as he continued to debate here with his friends. And although he has been, uh, <laughs> although he's been very irritated with his friends at times during all of this that's going on, um, he has maintained a peaceful spirit with them. I mean, there's been times of reasoning. We've seen that. There's been appeals for understanding on his part. We have seen that. He, he was forthright in his admittance that he didn't have any explanation for the hardships that have come upon him. And even despite his friend's uh, uh, opinion that he must be hiding some terrible sin, uh, Job has continued to maintain his innocence because Job was innocent. And so he's kept a pretty good spirit about all of this. He, he struggled with despair. We know that's right. He has struggled with depression even. We know that's correct. Uh, but without being bitter toward his friends and without being bitter toward God up to this point. I mean, he's, he's been upset about some things, but, but, but he's not been bitter. <clears throat> but by the end of Eliphaz's final appeal to Job that we looked at last time we visited the book of Job, it seems that the seed of bitterness um, has taken root and Job's real troubles begin here. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful that we have the book of Job. I mean, I'm really thankful that we have the book of Job, truly. It, 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 it teaches us a lot of different things. And we talk a lot about the patience of Job. And no doubt the patience of Job was very real, everything he went through. But Job was human. And uh, he began to struggle here. I mean, really struggle here. And it starts off there in chapter number 23 with Job making a confession of this bitterness. Verse number one, that Job answered and said, even today is my complaint bitter. My, my stroke is heavier than my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, find God, that I might come even to his seat. Now, I want you to picture this. I want you to picture this. Eliphaz has just pretty much pointed his finger under Job's nose and said, you know that there's some wicked sin in your life and you need to confess it, buddy. I'm just paraphrasing, but that's what happened. I mean, he really got down on him. He was very pointed about it. So picture this with me. Please try to picture this with me. Picture Job sitting there 
His jaw is tightened. His, his fist, fists are clenched. And he's staring at these friends of his, just kind of shaking his head with a look of resentment on his face. I mean, unbelievable. Something along the way that Eliphaz had said in his speech to Job had pushed Job over the edge. It pushed him over the edge. And he's ready to strike back. I've had it up to here. Come on, that's where he's at. I guarantee you. It's like I have had it up to here. But Job was honest with it. I mean, he did answer in honesty. He said, even today. So Job notices something different. I mean, he notices, he knows that something is different in his own heart, in his own disposition. He knows something has changed in him, something that he has even noticed, even today. And he admits it, admits it to him. But he also admits his feelings have gone beyond, uh, They've gone beyond grievous and and frustrated, and now it's turned to resentment. I I mean, man, oh man, oh man, oh man, how much of this can I take? And and he admits to knowing, he admits to knowing that giving in to that spirit is wrong. He admits to knowing that. Or or where do you see that? Well, in the verse number two, that word bitter there, in the verse, it's not the common word that's used for bitter. The, the Hebrew word actually is found in the Old Testament 23 different times. And this is the only time that it's translated bitter. In all the other instances where this word is translated, it's translated rebel as a noun, like a rebel. Um, rebellion or rebellious in all the other times. But here... Speaking of bitterness, it expresses um, a couple of decisions. Even today is my complaint rebellious. So it expresses a couple of decisions. First off, the decision to give in to those feelings that, that, that he knows he should not give in to. He just doesn't care. I've had it. You guys, no, come on now, think about this, think about this, pretty. come on, think about this. Job knows he's innocent of the things that they've been trying to accuse him. And he's listened, and he's listened, and he's listened, and now he's like, I've had enough. I've had enough. But he's being very innocent. So he gives in to these feelings that he knows that he should really and shouldn't give in to, but secondly, he's making the decision to strike back. Come on, as in, as in payback is coming, guys. Hold on, you just keep your seats right there because I've had enough and I'm not taking any more. Y'all just sit still while I got some things I want to say to you. Now, y'all, I want you to think about this. Just because a confession is made, he confesses, he confesses that it's not right. He confesses that he is, he is bitter, he's rebellious. This is it. This is where I'm at. I know I shouldn't be like this. You know, just because a confession is made, it does not mean that there's any real value to that confession. No, no, he confessed it, but he wasn't going to do anything about it. He confessed it, but he was going to keep going the same way he had confessed he was fixing to go. I mean, so the confession itself really didn't make any, it wasn't of any value as far as changing him, settling him down, you know. Oh man, I shouldn't be like this. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, he's getting fired up about that. So, so the confession, there's no real value to that. Job makes confession that he is bitter, but, but he has no real intention whatsoever of doing anything about it. It's not like he's asking uh, for help. It's not like he's asking for forgiveness. No, 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 no. What he's doing here, he's issuing fair warning. He's ready to come to fisticuffs, if you will. I mean, he is through turning the other cheek. I'm done. Got some things I want to say now. But there's reason. There's reason for it. I mean, I'm not saying there's good reason, but there is reason. Well, what's the reason? What's the reason for all of this? What what has provoked him to this response? What what, what did that? 
Turn, turn uh, let me see, you're right there at chapter 22, or turn back to chapter 22, and look at verse number 5. Uh, chapter 22, this is Eliphaz now, he's talking. I know we've looked at it before, but, but I want to compare something. Um, uh, chapter 22 and verse number 5, look at verse number 5. This is Eliphaz talking to Job, and here's what he says. Is not thy wickedness great, and thine iniquities infinite? For thou hast taken a pledge from thy brother for naught, and stripped the naked of their clothing. Thou hast not given water to the weary to drink, and thou hast withholden bread from the hungry. That's what Eliphaz told Job. I mean, I mean, finger under his nose, accusing him of things that he didn't even know whether they were true or not. I mean, he was just letting him have. Oh, okay, let's compare that. Turn over to chapter 24. And look at verse 1. <clears throat> this is Job. He's still talking here. He goes all the way through 24. So, so here's what Job says. Why, seeing times are, are not hidden from the Almighty, do they know him not? Uh, do they that know him not see his days? Some remove his landmarks. They, they violently take away flocks and feed thereof. They drive away the ass of the fatherless. They take the widow's ox for a pledge. They, they turn the needy out of the way. The poor of the earth hide themselves together. Now, here it is. Faz has, 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 uh, uh, has accused Job of these sins back there in chapter 22. Job is stating, there's wicked people all over the earth. And I know that God sees this. And how come God isn't doing something to them? No, it's the comparison here. Uh, and and so, so Job knows that he's innocent. He knows he's innocent, but Eliphaz gives it to him. Uh, look, through all of the talks with Job, these, these three friends, through all of their talks, they had spoken of his assumed sin in general terms. I mean, you know, not really pointing out anything. But Eliphaz had come out and ex ex uh, accused him of specific sins in his life. And Job didn't like those accusations. And he allowed that to push him to a place of desiring revenge. I've had this. I mean, no, no, no. He's human, remember. And it's like, finally, I have had enough. Look, it's pretty safe to say that there is not anything that could be any more destructive in someone's life than bitterness. If we let something push us across that line and we will not take care of it, it's going to be destructive. It is going to hurt. For sure. For sure. So many things can be born out of a spirit uh, out of that spirit of, of bitterness. We're talking about anger. Uh, we're talking about hurt feelings, hateful and violent speech, hateful and violent actions. And the rest of what Job has to say is pretty much just, the rest of what Job has to say tonight is pretty much just one long complaint. Truly. And most of it is directed toward God instead of his friends. I mean, he gets to complaining. To God. No, let's look at it. Let's look at it. Chapter 23, again. Verse 3. Here's what Job says. I'm going to read down for a while. Just a little bit here. Oh, that I knew where I might find him. Talking about God. That I might come even to his seat. I would order my cause before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would know the words which he would answer me and understand what he would say unto me. Will he plead against me with his great power? No, but he would put strength in me. There, there the righteous might dispute with him. So should I be delivered forever from my judge. Now, now Job, Job, it, it, it's, it's like... If I could just get in touch with God, and He would just listen to me, I'd straighten all this out. Come on, that's pretty much what He's saying right here. I, I could get all this straightened out. And He has four complaints here. 
And, and, and as we go on down, when you put it all together, it's really obvious that Job had come to a place where he was blaming God for those things that he had gone through, for those things that he had been enduring all this time. And he pretty much accuses God of not being involved in his life and, and of allowing all of the unfair treatment in his life. Now, hold it, hold it. Let me, let me, let me start. I can't believe that Job would do the patience of Job, and I can't believe that Job would do something like that. Hold it, wait, wait. He allowed his friends to finally push him across that line. Now, were his friends wrong in the way they handled it? Yes, we've talked a lot about that in the past several weeks. Yes, his friends were wrong in the way they handled that. But should Job have ever allowed it to bring him to this place? No. Well, preacher, if you were putting in that, don't put me in that place because I probably wouldn't have lasted as long as Job did before I blew my top at these guys. But what I'm saying is that we face conflicts in our life, don't we? And really and truly, the way that uh, modern society is, it wouldn't take near as much of what Job has gone through with this to push somebody to a place of um, bitterness. I mean, not even near as much. I mean, not even close to near as much. Because it happens all the time now, doesn't it? Come on, somebody gets offended at some little thing. And before you know it, they're just bitter. And it seemed like they're bitter at everybody Everybody they talk to and everywhere they turn, all they can see is bad, 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 bad. And it just, no, no, it's eating them up. I don't want to get too, too far ahead of myself. <clears throat> and, and he never should have gotten to this place where, where he is, he is, he is, where he is. He, he, he shouldn't have got to this place, truly hadn't got to this place. But he's got four complaints here. And he starts out with the one I just read. And, he, and he's pretty much saying this. I do not know why God will not listen to me. Why won't he listen to me? I've gone through all of this. I've endured all this. I've tried to stay right. I was doing right in the first place. And so he's convinced that if God would just listen to him, that he would be able to, to prove his innocence. And he'd be able to show how unfair those trials had been if God would just listen to him. But he's also convinced that once God heard him out, once God just heard his argument, that God would see his side and then agree with him. And then that God would justify him in the, in the sight of his friends. He said, man, if God would just listen to me, I mean, I mean, he's convinced of that. And his friends had been tearing him down, but God would build him back up. I mean, he said that in verse six, will he plead against me with his great power? No, but he would put strength in me. I, I mean, he, he, he's, he, and, and he, he could not get his friends. He could not get these friends to believe his arguments, but if God would listen, he'd be persuaded by the arguments that he had. That verse 7, there the righteous might dispute with him, so should I be delivered forever from my judge. So, so he said, if, I, I don't know why God will not listen to me. But, but, but then he also says, I do not know why God is hiding from me. I don't understand this. Verse number 8 there. It says, behold, I go forward. But he's not there and backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. <clears throat> Excuse me, but he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Come on, can you see him? This guy, man, he's just exasperated. And he's like, why is all this going on? And why is God, he says that God's ways, God's ways may be hidden from him, but his way has been well known to God. I can't find God, but I know that God's been watching me. I know that he knows my ways, and he claims that when all is said and done with these trials that are happening, that he's going to be better, and he's going to be stronger for having gone through it all. Now, hold it. At this point, stay with me here. At this point, it really is, as you look at this in its context, it really is hard to discern if he is putting faith in God's purposes. Listen, if he's putting faith in God's purposes, or if it is just a statement of his own pride. Think with me about this. It's kind of hard to discern. 
And really, I would have to say, truly to an extent, that it's somewhat easy to say that it's a statement of his own pride, looking at the context, because Job was not trying to vindicate God. Job was trying real hard to vindicate himself. Man, I ain't done anything wrong. And I'm looking for God, and I go forward, and he's not there, and backwards, and left, and right, and he's not there. I know that he's there. He knows the way I take, and when I come through this, man, when he's tried me like this, I'm going to come out the better for it. I mean, he's just, boy, oh boy. But he goes on. The, th- the, the third complaint, I do not know what God is doing to me. I don't know what he's doing to me. No, it goes on. Look at verse 13. Uh, verse 13. But he is in one mind, and who can turn him? And, 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 and what his soul desireth, even that he doeth. For he performeth a thing that is appointed for me, and many such things are with him. Therefore, I am troubled at his presence when I consider. I'm afraid of him. For God maketh my heart soft, and the Almighty troubleth me. Because I was not cut off before the darkness, neither hath he covered the darkness from my face. He admits that he's conflicted with his own feelings. He's conflicted with his own feelings. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man, what's going on? He was confident that God always knows what he is doing. God always knows what God is doing. He always knows what he is doing. And God always knows that he's going to get his way. Come on, God is God is sovereign. And he knows that. Psalm 115 verse 3 says, But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. And so he was confessing God's sovereignty. He knew that God was in control. But he also made a confession of God's uh, uh, um, immutability. He, He knew that God does not change his mind. Our God does not change. He doesn't change. And he doesn't change his mind either. Matthew Matthew Henry said this. God has no counselors by whose interest he might be prevailed with to alter his purpose. He is one with himself and he never changes his mind. He never changes his mind. Oh, no, 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 no. When when Job began to consider what God had already decided in his life, he says that he was scared to think about what more God Uh, What more that God might do or might want to do in his life? He said, man, I fear God. I I mean, he has allowed this and what else is he going to do? I I mean, those thoughts about God's power and what else he might choose to do. Get this, stay with me. And what else he might choose to do? It melted Job's heart. Verse number 16, for God makes my heart soft. The Almighty troubleth me. Job knew this. Job knew that God could have spared him all the grief that he endured by just going ahead and taking his life when he took his children. If God would have just taken me when he took my kids, I wouldn't have had to go through all this. Instead, God had chosen to plunge, get this, get this, come on, come on, this is good for us to think about. God had chosen to plunge him into darkness. Was God still there? Oh, yeah. Was God still working? Y'all still with me over there? Was God still working? Oh, yeah. He was. God knew exactly what he was doing. He knew. But Job's thinking, what else, might, what else is he going to do? And, and then the fourth complaint is this. I do not know why God rules this world the way that he does. I don't understand. I don't understand. Job was very, very sure that God sees all the wickedness 
of every person in the world. Of every person. God sees it all. Look at verse uh, chapter 24. Come on, we're, we're getting through this quickly. Chapter 24. Look at this. Why, seeing times are not hidden from the Almighty, do they that know Him not see His days? Some remove the landmarks. He's talking about the wicked. Some remove the landmarks. They violently take away flocks and feed thereof. They drive away the ass of the fatherless. They take the widow's ox for a pledge. They turn the needy out of the way. The poor of the earth hide themselves together. Behold, as wild asses in the desert, they uh, go they forth to their work. Rise and be times for prey. The wilderness yieldeth food for them and for their children. They reap everyone his corn in the field. They gather the vintage of the wicked. They cause the naked to lodge without clothing that they have no covering in the cold. They are wet with showers of the mountains and embrace the rock for want of shelter. They pluck the fatherless from the breast and take a pledge of the poor. They cause him to go naked without clothing. They take away the sheep from the hungry, which make oil within their walls and tread their wine presses and suffer thirst. Men groan from out of the city and the soul of the wounded crieth out, Yet God layeth not folly to them. Why in the world does God let them get away with all of this? Come on, surely you and I have thought about that. I know I have. Surely you've thought about that. before. Why does God let these people do this? Why do they get by with this? Why is it that we see the righteous suffer the way that they do Come on, y'all still with me here? Do you see the righteous suffer the way that, that, that we do? And yet these wicked of the world are thrust into our face with all these monies and goods and houses and all this riches, all this stuff. Why in the world doesn't God just wipe them out? You may have never had those thoughts, but I've had those thoughts. Why does, why does God allow all the wickedness to go on? That's where he's at. Why does God rule this way? What is going on? Because Job was even sure that God knew the condition of their hearts. Look at verse 13. Verse 13. They are those that rebel against the light. They know not the ways thereof, nor abide in the path thereof. The, murdering, the murderer rising with the light killeth the poor and needy, and in the night is as a thief. The eye also of the adulterer waiting, uh, waiteth for twilight, saying, No eye shall see me, and disguiseth his face. In the dark they dig through houses, which they had marked for themselves in the daytime. They know not the light. For the morning is to them even as a shadow of death. If, if, if one know them, they are in the terrors of the shadow of death. He knew they were in rebellion. He, he, he knew that they tried to hide their sins in the darkness to keep people from knowing what they're doing. Still goes on today. I mean, people going and take, I'm telling, I'm, thieves run rampant. I mean, going out and taking what is not theirs. Things that other people have worked hard for. And yet they're in the, in the cover of darkness. They're out there just getting their hands on everything that they can. And covering, no, no, it's still, it's still the same way. Heart full of rebellion. Are you sure that God knew the conditions of these, these, these people? And Job was also sure that the justice of God would one day catch up with all of them. Absolutely. Now look at verse 18. We're, we're going good, good, good here. Verse 18. He is swift as the waters. Their portion is cursed in the earth. He beholdeth not the way of the vineyards. Drought and heat consume the snow waters. So doth the grave; uh, those uh, so does so doth the grave those which have sinned. 
The womb shall forget him. The worm shall feed sweetly on him. He shall be no more remembered, and wickedness shall be broken as a tree. He evil entreateth the barren that beareth not, and doeth not good to the widow. He draweth also the mighty with his power. He riseth up, and no man is sure of life, though it be given him to be safety, uh, to be in safety, whereon he resteth. Yet his eyes are upon their ways. They are exalted for a little while. Look, verse 24. They are exalted for a little while, but are gone and brought low. They are taken out of the way as all others and cut off as the tops of the ears of corn. Job was sure that the justice of God would one day catch up with all of them. What Job could not understand is why God was so slow in judging the wicked. He couldn't understand that. We saw that in verse 1 of chapter 24. Why, seeing times are not hidden from the Almighty, do they that know Him not see His days? He, he was confident that God knew when and how the wicked uh, were going to be punished. He, he, Job was confident in that, and he was frustrated. He was very frustrated by the knowledge that those that knew God very rarely had the satisfaction of seeing God put an end to the days of the wicked. He just frustrated. I'm sure there's a lot of people in, in this place tonight that have prayed, as, as, that have prayed something along these lines. God, please just shut all the abortion clinics. Just shut them all. Just stop them all. Stop the slaughter of these unborn children. I, I, I mean, and, and, and prayers all along those lines. Lord, just, 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 just clear out the evil. These people that seem to get away with so much. Well, no, 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 I could, I could go with so many different things. I mean, so many different things. Children being mistreated and just so many things that, you know, just pray, Lord, just take care of these people. Just take care of them. We know that one day they're going to get it. Come on, somebody say amen. We know one of these days when they stand before God, I mean to tell you, that their time is coming. Truly, truly. Why aren't you doing this? And here I sit. My family's gone. My goods are gone. My wife is tired of me. My health is gone. I don't understand. Job ended all this with a challenge. We're going to stop. Stay with me. He, he ended all of this with a challenge. Um, well, verse 25. There in chapter 24. And if it be not so now, who will make me a liar and make my speech nothing worth? Here's what Job said in a nutshell. Here's what he said right there in verse 25. Just try to prove me wrong. All these things that he said, his argument back to these men, just try to prove me wrong. Now, there's a problem here. Come on, I'm going to touch a few more things. We'll get out of here. There's a problem here. Because Job had gotten bitter. He confessed that, right? Are you all still with me? Say amen. He confessed that. I'm bitter. And I've had enough. And this is coming. But this bitterness had robbed Job of his humility. He'd been humble up to that point. Even, after, even with the accusations, he answered back. But this bitterness, oh boy, get this, please get this. It had robbed Job of his humility. Now with the heart of a rebel, he sat there in a pile of ashes, jutting his chest out at these guys, clenching his teeth, daring anyone, even God, to prove him wrong. Prove me wrong. Robbed him of his humility. Bitterness will do that. It'll do that. 
people that get bitterness, no, no, people that let bitterness grow in their life and, and don't take care of it, um, pretty soon they're right and everybody else is wrong. No, no, you can't even begin to convince them they're wrong. I mean, it, it, come on. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Poor in spirit, the humble. What's the first thing? No, no, no. If we're going to follow God and be what God wants us to be, the very first thing we have to be is humble. And it robbed him of his humility, this bitterness. But it also stole his sanity. (laughs) What do you mean, preacher? Well, he'd become very uh, irrational. And he just threw caution to the wind. I mean, he decided to speak his mind. He decided to get everything off of his chest. And in his final address to his friends, as we go on through this, he is going to speak, get, get this, in his final address, as we go on through the book of Job, he is going to speak critically and very bitterly to his friends. He's going to speak foolishly and boldly against God. And once we get to the end of this book, we're going to see how Job realizes that this root of bitterness in him caused him far more trouble than he bargained for. It caused him far more trouble than needed to be in his life with everything that he had gone through anyway. The the bitterness, the root of bitterness caused him far more trouble than it needed to be if he would have just kept the right mindset and not let, please get this, please get this, and not let other people push him over the line. I'm, I'm right at done. I really am right at done. I said it earlier, I mean, it took a lot to push Job across the line, didn't it? I mean, he's, he's faced a lot. For the most part, in what I see today, it doesn't take that much to push people to that place. Where they're, they're just ready. I'll tell you one thing, buddy. Let me just straighten you out right now. You're not going to treat me like that, and you can't think you're bye-bye, whatever the case may be. I'm telling you, folks. It is better for us. It is so much better for us as Christians. There's a time to answer. There's a time not to answer. Most of the time, it is better for us just to eat a big chunk of humble pie and go on. Let God be God and prove people wrong and take care of them instead of trying to handle those things on our own. Because God can handle it so much better than we can. And I'm telling you, when we get to thinking that we have to handle these things, we lose all humility, and we're just going to, I'm telling you, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. And You know, everything can be handled in a correct manner if it's handled in the correct spirit. But when we get to a place where we lose it, and that we think that we're going to fix something or somebody, we're in a bad place. It really doesn't matter what other people say about you or how other people treat you. Because when we can begin to pray, Lord, I just want you to do whatever it takes to conform me into the image of your son. I want to be more like Jesus. We better be thinking about what all Jesus went through and how he handled it. Because when they started um, persecuting him, he opened not his mouth. Uh, Jesus never let them 
push him across the line. Because Brother Greer, if he would have, there probably wouldn't be a world to stand on today. Because he could have just taken the whole thing out. Well, I can't help it, preacher. I just got to be myself. No, 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 no. Being yourself is not a good thing. <laughs> We're supposed to be striving to be more like Christ. And we've all got a long way to go. I, I expected a resounding amen there because I know we've all got a long way to go. But if we handle things the way that God would have us to handle things, man, life goes so much better. Well, preacher, you ever been pushed across the line? Too many times. <laughs> Too many times. And I regret every one of them. I look back with regrets about each one of them. With thoughts of, Lord, if I'd have just handled that the way that you wanted me to handle that, boy, it sure would have gone a whole lot better. Yeah. You know, a tiny seed of bitterness, if left it, if we don't take care of it, it will quickly produce a root of bitterness, and a root of bitterness can spring up just like that. It's damaging. It's a detrimental. It's a detrimental influence in our heart. You know, the Bible associates bitterness, and I know your Bible readers know this, it associates bitterness with gall and with wormwood. Um, gall is like a bitter venom. It's, it's a dark, nasty, toxic fluid. And wormwood is a shrub. It's a shrub that yields a very bitter-tasting oil that was used, actually, to induce vomiting. So by associating bitterness to those two things, the Bible's telling us that harboring bitterness is like drinking poison. And it's not going to hurt that person you're bitter at, against at all. But it sure is going to hurt you. It's a disposition that when harbored in our hearts it's going to it will make us uh, emotionally spiritually and physically ill there's nothing about bitterness that's helpful not one thing it's always going to be destructive in a person's life always oh that's why it's so important to forgive so very important to forgive just right away well they haven't asked me to forgive them there's no place that says that they need to ask you we're just supposed to forgive we're supposed to forgive. We don't forgive for their sake. We forgive for our own sake. So it doesn't just eat on us and eat on us and eat on us for the rest of our days. You know, although we might sympathize with a person who has gone through bitter circumstances or empathize with them, bitterness can never be excused. Well, they have a right to be bitter. No, they don't. No, 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 not a, not a believer, come on. God wants us to have joy no matter what we've faced. And bitterness needs to be treated with the same serious, with the same seriousness that we would treat a snake bite or a diagnosis of cancer. It has to be treated has to be taken care of or else it'll eat you up will eat you up bitterness against people needs to be addressed with forgiveness bitterness towards circumstances can only be um, removed by getting our heart right with God well God I don't know why I'm going through this Job didn't know either and again, by the time we get through this to the end of the book, you're going to, we'll see very clearly how this bitterness 
It didn't help Job's circumstances. Not one bit. Not one bit. Not at all. But whether it's against a person or circumstances, both of them require faith. It requires this, and, and I'm done. How many times I said I'm done? Because usually I go about five times before I finally quit. The decision, whether it's against a person or consequences, both of them require faith. The decision to depend upon God. The decision, no, no, it's a decision to depend upon God and leave the final outcome of all matters of life to Him. And for us to go on about our life that Brother Mike talked about, the reason why we're here. To glorify God and to get the gospel out to those that don't know Him. The best of people. I can't believe you're talking bad about Job. I'm not talking about bad about Job. I'm, I'm telling you what the Bible says here. Was Job a good man? Absolutely so. Absolutely. But it just proves to me that the best of people can become bitter. But it is very important that we deal with it quickly. Quickly. That we make sure that that root of bitterness doesn't continue to take us down. Because it will. It, it will. Well, preacher, I'm just fed up with all this stuff. I'm just fed. Look, I'm fed up with a lot of things, but most of them I can't do one thing about. So it's not going to help me to be upset about it. It's not going to help me to be bitter about it. It's not going to help me to rail on somebody else. It's not going to help. It's not going to help me. It's not going to help you. We can learn a lot of things from Job. And everybody talks about the patience of Job. And yes, yes, he was patient. But there was a place he crossed a line. We just need to ask God to help us to not do so. God gave us this book. In a crazy, in a, in a wonderful thing. God gave us this book with great hopes that we would read what He gave us, learn from that, and not have to go through the same things. I'm sure thankful we have it, aren't you? Absolutely so. Let's stand for a minute. Let's stand. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, altars open. We're not going to take long. And you know whether or not God dealt with your heart and what your need is. You know that. You know. You know. So why don't we just uh, why don't we just do what God wants us to do? Piano's going to play here in a minute. We don't need a piano. It's going to play, but you don't need it to get started here. Let's just do what God would have us to do, whatever the case may be, because He's here to help us through whatever we might be facing, whatever we faced in years past that we haven't let go of yet. He wants to help us with that. Why don't we let Him do that tonight? Father, bless the invitation time. We're trusting you to do so and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Many have already come to the altar. You need to come. Take this opportunity. Bow a knee. Talk to God. Let Him have His way. Whatever He wants. Or Dan's going to sing. As He sings, you just let God have it.